everyone. Welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and I'm so glad you joined me here today because today I am going to talk about the pitfalls of perfectionism and how to conquer those pitfalls specifically. So, you know, we live in a really competitive world and we as fitness professionals, as trainers, group fitness instructors, health and wellness professionals, coaches, we live in a world where I think that perfectionism really runs rampant, where there's a lot of heightened expectations to walk the walk and talk the talk. And we have these perceptions of what the perfect trainer looks like. And I'm not sure what that is or what that looks like, but I know that there's all these expectations out there, some of them self-created and some of them perpetuated by our society. But, you know, in this effort to create this niche as trainers, as instructors, because there's so many bright, intelligent, driven fitness professionals out there. And in an effort to create this niche, we can sometimes put these kind of unlimited, insurmountable expectations of ourselves to live up to this certain potential that we believe exists. We create these idealistic standards of what a fitness pro should be. And again, I don't know what the perfect fitness professional looks like. And I don't think any of us do because I don't think that it exists. But, you know, sometimes there's these expectations out there of what our body should look like, how many certifications we should have, and what defines that, that expert fitness professional. So let me ask you, I have a few questions for you. Do you feel like nothing you accomplish is ever good enough? Do you agonize over decisions and worry about making mistakes and replay your words and your actions over and over again in your head through this critical lens, never giving your mind a rest? Okay, that's just me, but I bet there's a few of you out there. Do you procrastinate on big projects? Do you work, rework, and overwork projects once you get started? Or are you highly critical of everything that you do, striving to do more, achieve more, and get everything right if there is a right? So if you answered yes to any of these questions, you might struggle with perfectionism. And if you don't, I bet you know a client or a friend or a family member who probably does walk that walk and experience that struggle because it's out there and it's pretty common among high achieving individuals. Perfectionism is not uncommon, again, especially in the fitness space, kind of a highly competitive driven space. We kind of set out to save the world one bead of sweat at a time and in an effort to help other people accomplish their goals and get where they want to be. We forget sometimes that we're just we're human. We experience the same struggles. We don't get a whole pass from experiencing those struggles just because we're fitness professionals. In other words, we don't have a perfect diet, perfect relationships, perfect body. We don't, we're not immune to struggles because we're in this fitness space. And I think that sometimes when we become trainers, we think that we need to epitomize health and wellness and just be this walking example of it. And yes, it, it pays to pay attention to our nutrition, to our sleep, and to all the things that we have our clients pay attention to. That doesn't come without struggle because we're human and we're flawed. And we all have to work hard because again, none of us get a hall pass. Just because we, we preach it doesn't mean that we always can live that experience 24 seven, all the days of the year. 
So we are conscientious individuals, aren't we? We tend to want to please others, AKA we tend to be people pleasers. And often we hold ourselves to these really heightened expectations. But a recent study by Smith and colleagues found that there's a really big link between perfectionism and depressive symptoms. And it makes sense because if you look at your world through a highly critical lens and, and you see yourself through this highly critical lens, it always feel like, feels like you just can't match your own expectations, right? So again, I'm Angie Miller, and I'm talking to you about the pitfalls of perfectionism and specifically how we can conquer it. I'm going to give you nine different signs of perfectionism, and then I'm going to give you some ways to overcome it. So by the end of this podcast, whether you struggle or not, or whether it's your client or your brother or your sister or your spouse, you have the tools to kind of help other people to kind of give them a mirror to which they can see themselves and look at their world and say, you know what, I think this is something you might be struggling with. Here's some things that I can offer you to help you. Okay. So again, today I have some, some nine kind of common signs of perfectionism that I want to share with you. And before I do, I just want to tell you, truth is I can relate to the weight of perfectionism. I will generally choose topics to share with you that I feel like I've experienced myself. And that's why I'm talking about it today. I know the heavy burden of putting these heightened expectations on yourself. And over the years, the struggle has been real. At times, it's been more intense than others. So let's take this journey together, you and I, and you can share this journey with your friends. And let's recognize what's going on and find healthy ways to manage and move forward. Because remember, even though we are health and wellness professionals, we are not 24-7 walking, talking examples of whatever that perfect example of health and wellness is. We, we, we experience our fair, fair share of struggles just like our clients do, okay? So just according to psychology today, perfectionism is a trait that makes life this endless report card of accomplishments or looks. When healthy, when our perfectionism, you know, this perfectionistic tendencies, when they're in a healthy range, it can be self-motivating. It can drive us to overcome adversity and to go towards success. But when it's unhealthy, it can be this fast and enduring track to unhappiness, which is why they say perfectionism has a link to depressive symptoms. So perfectionism isn't one size fits all. If you Google perfectionism, you're going to get all different types of perfectionists and you're going to see a lot of different ways that perfectionism shows up in our world. But I'm talking about the type of perfectionists who impose these unrealistic standards on themselves, kind of what are called often referred to as self-oriented perfectionists. The professionals that I described above, the professionals out there who think that they have to have the perfect diet, the perfect body, they have to have all these certifications. And if they can't, then they just can't rate, they just can't live up to all these, you know, self-perceived expectations. So here are the nine signs. See if you recognize yourself or anyone you know. Okay. Number one, perfectionists tend to focus on what they want to avoid rather than what they want to achieve. So think about that. They're focused on what they want to avoid. And generally what they really, really want to avoid is failure or disappointment. They have a deep, deep fear of failure and disappointment. They don't want to disappoint themselves and they don't want to disappoint other people. 
So instead of focusing on, wow, I can't wait to achieve my CES. I can't wait to get my CPT. They are so hyper-focused on failure. I hope I don't fail my CPT. I hope I don't fail my CES exam. And I know it seems like a subtle nuance, but it's massive in the way that we approach life and experiences. Because this means that really they're focusing on what they don't want instead of what they do want. And if you've ever heard me talk about motivational interviewing, or you've heard me talk about just basically um, healthy communication tools that you know that when we focus on what we want instead of what we don't want, it's a, ma it's a major shift in the lens through which we look at the world. So maybe they pass up a job because they're afraid they'll fail and they don't even give themselves permission or the opportunity to succeed. Maybe someone asks them to help them with something and they say, no, oh, I, I, just, I wouldn't be any good at that. But they haven't even given themselves a chance. Maybe they don't accept a client because they fear that they don't have what it takes to train that person versus going to get a certification or education that would help give them the information they would need to train that client successfully. Maybe they don't end up doing that certification. You know, that certification, the one that you bought and it's sitting on your computer and you already paid for it, but you're so afraid of failure that you haven't even started studying for it. That happens, right? And that especially those are driven who are driven toward perfectionism and their effort to avoid failure or potentially disappointing another person, especially themselves, they often play it safe. They don't just stay in their lane. They stay stuck, right? They are not willing to get uncomfortable because that might mean there's a potential for failure or disappointment. So oftentimes with perfectionists, this holds them back from going after what it is that they truly, truly want. So if you remember, um, I had an earlier podcast and I had Brian come on and we talked about imposter syndrome and we talked about how imposter syndrome and perfectionism are highly linked. So when you're finished with this podcast, you might want to go back and revisit that because imposter syndrome and, and, and depression and perfectionism, they're like three kids on a playground who shouldn't play together because they're pretty explosive. Okay. So again, I'm Angie Miller. I'm sharing nine signs of perfectionism. Number two, perfectionists focus on what's missing or what's wrong and they get caught up in the minutia. So again, they're looking the other way. They're focusing on, you know, watering the problem plant instead of watering the seeds of change. So they're focused on what's missing or what's wrong and they get caught up in the minutia. So they can be very, very self-critical of even the minute critical details. Um, if everything goes right, but one thing didn't go just as they planned, that's the thing that they perseverate on. They can't let it go. They're focused on what's wrong with the paper that they just wrote, the training program they just developed, and they get lost hyper-focusing on minute errors or omissions. If they lead a small group training and everything goes really well, but they make a mistake, that's the thing they get in their car and they think about. Okay, that makes it really hard because then we're expecting that we're never going to make mistakes. And that's just not part of the human experience. It's not part of my human experience. Okay, so number three, perfectionists set these unrealistic, unattainable goals for themselves. And when they don't live up to these elevated expectations, they feel defeated. But the truth is they set themselves up for that defeat. It affects their self-esteem. 
It lowers their ultimate productivity. And sometimes they lose so much confidence that they just chuck the goals all together and give it up. And that's why they never end up going after what it is they really want. But generally, those goals weren't realistic to begin with. They didn't break them down into smaller, more achievable components. Maybe they start a new job and they expect themselves to get it right immediately. Um, maybe they forget that there's a learning curve and they don't have any tolerance for that learning curve. So they become frustrated and then they jump ship early because they decide they just weren't cut out for it. Um, maybe you just started studying for your CES and you have this expectation that you need to get the information right, right away, or you take the quizzes along the way and you don't do as well as you expected. So you chuck it and you decide, you know what, I just don't think that I have the brain bandwidth to pass that CES, but you really don't give yourself the opportunity to succeed. Because again, we have to have a tolerance for learning curves and know that it's part of the growth process. Because remember, I also did a podcast on growth versus fixed mindset. And, you know, perfectionists tend to be in that fixed mindset. So number four, perfectionists are highly self-critical. They're quick to find fault within themselves and they're hypercritical of their mistakes. So their fear of making mistakes, again, is so great that they'll, they'll go to great lengths to avoid them and they won't go after opportunities. Again, they play it safe. Often perfectionists will be found working beneath their actual potential. They might be the kid who graduates from college and never goes after their degree. Maybe they choose something that is way beneath their potential because it feels safe. And they don't have to put themselves out there and go through this learning curve and possibly not be good at something right away. Since we know, though, that we only grow when we're uncomfortable, imagine how much we miss out when we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to get out there and not play it safe. So number five, perfectionists, excuse me, procrastinate out of fear of failure. You know, for years I was a big procrastinator and I, and I never really understood the driver behind this procrastination that I have, that I struggle with. But at the end of the day, perfectionists, what the research supports is they believe that they can't botch what they haven't begun. So they set these really high expectations that everything has to be perfect and talk about a buzzkill. If you're going after perfection, you don't even want to start a project because that is such an unachievable goal. So perfectionism and procrastination are like best friends. They fuel one another, but they're really just not good together. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you feel like you have to get every get everything perfect, again, it's a buzzkill. It makes every event, every situation, every project, everything you set out to achieve really, really stressful when it doesn't have to be. If you have to be perfect, then you probably feel like you'll never get there and there's no motivation to start. Number six, perfectionists will often dismiss compliments and they will diminish the importance of their successes. In fact, a lot of times perfectionists won't even celebrate. They might be the kid who feels like they don't even need to walk the aisle when they graduate or they don't hang that certification when they get it or even share it with anybody. They say, oh, I'm humble. But really, they just they aren't good at taking compliments. They don't necessarily feel deserving of them. So they might take a compliment, something like this. Somebody says, hey, Angie, that's a cute shirt. I'm like, oh, this. No, I got this at Target. This is just an old shirt. Or, you know, they pass the CES and, and, and somebody's like, oh my gosh, that's fantastic that you passed the CES. And they're like, yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, I mean, there's a lot more certifications out there and that's only one. So they, they downplay their, their accomplishments even when they do them. And they often will 
two, they'll deflect the compliment. So if someone gives them a compliment, they'll swap it back. So if somebody says, you know what, great job on that CES, they'll be like, yeah, well, you got yours two years ago. So you're way ahead of me, right? We can just take a compliment. That's, I'm a work in progress on that one. I don't know about you. Number seven, perfectionists in an effort to avoid judgment or scrutiny from others will go to great lengths to hide their perceived flaws and be vulnerable in any way. But if you've ever listened to Brene Brown, she's done such great work on vulnerability. And listen, if we aren't able to get vulnerable, we really aren't able to make true connections. Vulnerability is what makes us relatable. It's what fosters authentic connection with other people. Being vulnerable means that we have to admit we don't have it together all the time. I don't have it together all the time. I don't know about you. Um, but you know what? Vulnerability means that we get to admit we're a work in progress. And sometimes we are just a, a shadow of the person we want to be. And other times we feel like we could conquer the world. But it's but our limitations are really the opportunities for growth. Our limitations are the golden nuggets. That's where we really get to look at those and say, this is where I can expand my growth and my learning and I can go beyond these self-perceived limits. Okay. So again, they do their best to avoid judgment or scrutiny and to appear vulnerable in any way, but vulnerability breeds connection. Number eight, perfectionists seek approval and they fear rejection. So they strive for outside approval, needing that reinforcement from other people and depending on it to feel good. But you and I both know that extrinsic motivation, that's kind of what we're talking about here. If we are looking to other people to get what we need, to get that, you know, constant pat on the back or approval, that's a really hard walk to walk because you know what? That means that we're only as good as the next person telling us we're good. That has to come from within. We have to be able to pull intrinsic motivation from within. So if we're always seeking approval and fearing rejection, it's going to be really challenging. What about when a perfectionist has a really difficult boss or they have a difficult client? or a partner or a friend who isn't forthcoming with positives and they don't reinforce them naturally. Um, this can also, by the way, make these perfectionists really sensitive to criticism um, because criticism to a perfectionist can be interpreted as rejection or failure. And it can alienate those around them because they can come across as being defensive. And people, when they experience someone else's defensive, they kind of shut down. They're like, you know what? It isn't even worth sharing any feedback with them because they get defensive. And then it's really, really awkward for both of us. But you know what? Again, if we can't take constructive feedback, we miss opportunities for growth. So if we're always seeking approval and we have this heightened fear of rejection, we never really get um, incoming information that could help us grow. And we're, we might be overly sensitive to the information we do get. And number nine, last but not least, perfectionists engage in harsh self-assessment. And this makes them especially vulnerable to societal pressures. So these these type, this type of perfectionism means that social media is like the kiss of death. 
Because think about it, social media is where comparisons are a breeding ground, are they not? So when perfectionists get caught up in comparisons, that also leads them into this road of competition, striving for the perfect body, the perfect look, the perfect partner, the perfect home, the perfect job, all the perfect certifications. And if they feel like they fall short, then they feel bad about themselves. Brene Brown in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, which is an amazing book, says that perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best. Perfectionism is not about healthy growth and achievement. In fact, the underlying, um, the underlying cause of perfectionism is fear, and fear will always hold us back. So the paradox of perfectionism is that it's unattainable. And the more we try to achieve it, the more it eludes us because it doesn't exist. So in review, here are the nine signs of perfectionism. Number one, perfectionists tend to focus on avoiding failure. Number two, perfectionists tend to focus on what's wrong versus what's right. So what's missing versus what's right in front of them. Number three, they set unrealistic goals and set themselves up for the very thing they fear, which is failure or their perception of failure. Number four, perfectionists fear making mistakes. Number five, per perfectionists tend to procrastinate. Okay, number six, they dismiss compliments. Number seven, they hide personal flaws and do not want to appear vulnerable in any way. Number eight, they fear rejection. And number nine, they engage in harsh, harsh self-assessment. So you might recognize yourself in one, two, three, all nine of those, none of those, but I bet you do recognize someone you know, okay? Or, and this can help you really just to have greater empathy and compassion for those who experience that and a greater understanding of that struggle. So I hope that you join me next week and I'm gonna share tips to overcome perfectionism. So those are kind of the nine main signs of perfectionism. And next week, I'm going to share tips to overcome. So thank you to my NASM and APA family. And thanks to all of you listening to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. And thanks for listening in on perfectionism. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.